We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, this is Gabe Ibrahim. I know you're expecting the voice of Christy Winter-Scott, and you will hear her very soon. But I want to give you a fair warning that we set out to cover all 12 teams in the WNBA in this podcast. Unfortunately, we only got to six before I had a time constraint. So that's why you're only going to hear the first six teams in WNBA standings in this podcast next week. We will have the back end six teams. So to give you an idea of what teams you're going to hear about on this one, it is Las Vegas, Connecticut, Seattle, Minnesota, Phoenix and Chicago on this podcast. On the next podcast, next Wednesday, it'll be New York, Dallas, Washington, Los Angeles, Atlanta, and Indiana. Don't worry if your team was not talked about here, they'll be talked about next week. So please enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. You are back with us sitting courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats. Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim, and we are here to break down all things WNBA and set you up for the second half of play. Gabe, oh my goodness, you have really sliced and diced down to the nth degree in terms of what we can expect for the second half of the WNBA. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, no, I went on herhoopstats.com, which you can also go on $20 for the year and uh, get all access to all the stats we're going to talk about today. Um, and I compiled a list of stuff that really I should have been doing this all year of, you know, seeing where the teams are, seeing what they have ahead of them, because we talk about this like it's the second half, Christy, but really there's like 10 games left. The team with the most games left is Washington, D.C., which could play into their favor and we'll talk about them. But they have only have 12 games left. So really, we're, we're not at a halfway point. We're at a, a like a two-thirds point, really. We don't have that right. much season left, and we're heading into the final stretch, and it feels like uh, 
you know, the teams that have their identity, know who they are, know exactly what they're doing, are in a much better position than the teams who are trying to either integrate people, get healthy, any of those things that we'll talk about. I think it's a good chance for us to check in with every team in the league. Um, mm-hmm. So this is going to be a long podcast, dear listener. Uh, <laughs> we're going to check in with every team in the league and and just see what's going on because we have to reset and get and get ready for the stretch run. And then we're going to be in the playoffs. And before you know it, the season's going to be over. So I want to get everyone right. ready and get into it um, and, and do all of that. But you can always keep up with the WNBA, with women's college basketball, with anything going on in the world of women's college basketball at Her Hoop Stats on Twitter, herhoopstats.substack.com to subscribe to our newsletter. And you can follow me at Gabe underscore Ibrahim on Twitter. That's the best way to reach me. And Christy, where can, where can people find you? At Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y-W, Scott51 on both Twitter and Instagram. It's a heavy dose of hoops. <laughs> and, and a lot of family stuff on Instagram, but it's still all hoops there too. But yeah. it's, there's so much to talk about, man. I, and we're going to start at the top with the Las Vegas Aces, Gabe. And, you know, I, I'm an AP voter, right? And mm-hmm. it's so hard. That this was the first week back to, to do that. And although there haven't been a lot of games played so far since the Olympic break, um, I'm really eyeing, Connecticut. And I think I was the only voter to have Connecticut up there, but I see Mm. on your list of efficiency and all the number of breakdowns that you have Las Vegas and Connecticut at one and two respectively, but the aces, they really look put together and put up a couple of really great wins over the mystics in the last two games. Yeah, I'll get to, uh, these are just by the standing. So I'm not like some sort of genius who put, who put cases on top. <laughs> I'm trying to help myself on that. That's why I said it. Uh, so the aces are uh, 17 and six. They are a half game ahead of both Connecticut and Seattle for first place in the standings. Their net rating is 11.4. That's tops in the league by a substantial margin. Their offensive rating is 106. No one else is above 105. Uh, so their offense is killing it. Defensive rating, 94.6, third best in the league in the last five games. They're three and two, including two wins against the uh, Washington Mystics after, since the Olympic break. Um, and I want to sneak in the stat about Las Vegas and, and how, um, how much I believe in this team going forward. So there are only 17 teams in, in WNBA history with a, that finished the season with a plus 10 net rating. So Las Vegas at 11.4, plus 11.4. Of the 17 teams that finished with a plus 10 net rating, 12 of them won the title. Three of them made the finals, and only two of them did not get to the finals. Mm. The only team we have we don't know about in that group is the 2021 Aces. And the 2020 Aces actually had a net rating uh, of above 10 and made it to the finals and lost. But this team, I mean, look, it, it, if they continue the pace they're at and they continue playing like this, it's pretty clear that they should reach the finals. It's going to take some sort of big upset for them to not reach the finals based on WNBA history. But, Christy, do you have any concerns? Like, what, 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 gets, what gets you going when you think of Las Vegas in terms of what they can improve on? Is there anything they can improve on? Well, I think they have found comfort in knowing that they have a switch and when they flip it, things change. Mm-hmm. And and that's what we have seen in them in their 
first two games here against uh, the Mystics. And in that first game, coming back on Sunday, when they played Washington, they came back from a 21-point deficit. I mean, their only lead prior to the lead at the very end when Chelsea Gray hit that clutch shot with under five seconds to go was three to two. (laughs) So the Mystics played great basketball. And even though there were some things that changed in the second half defensively, they were throwing some more double teams and two and a half players, I like to say, at Tina Charles, other players had to step up, but it was the offensive rebounding. It was their ability to get to the free throw line that saved them in that game. Um, They had 21 free throw attempts. Washington had nine and Mike Tebow was very clear and saying, it's not about the officials. I'm not saying, well, they missed calls, although that travel um, air quoting against (laughs) Heinz Allen was quite questionable, but so was the one against Chelsea Gray, if we want to be honest. So I kind of balanced out, I guess, with that, but you know, with their ability to get to their second chance points, and their ability to get themselves to the free throw line. I mean, that those are difference makers. And I think they know that they can rely upon that and in their second game. I mean, Washington, Tina Charles said after the game against Las Vegas on Tuesday night that, hey, we look like a championship team in that first half. And in that second half, we just didn't play with the discipline that we needed to. So when you hear someone like that, like she knows, she said, she even said, and and she is not one to toot her own horn with her accomplishments, which we have all seen unfold in front of our eyes over her illustrious career. But she says, Hey, I've won three gold medals. I've won championships in college. Like I understand what it takes to win. So I know championship basketball when I see it, I feel it. And we had that in the first half, but in the second half, we came unhinged. Mm -hmm. And so for her to say that, you know, I, I understand what she means, but I also understand what Las Vegas feels when they are in a hole or when they feel they don't have momentum. Kelsey Plum went completely (laughs) off in that second half. And, and yes, Asia Wilson had a double double and yes, Liz Cambage started going off a little bit in that second half as well, offensively and, and on the glass and defensively, but Kelsey Plum, there's just another player that they can rely upon this year in the absence of Angel McCautry and her injury. There's another player offensively who can provide some stability. And for her to score 21 of her 23 points in that second half, I think that gives them confidence, Gabe. And that's what I'm thinking. Like if someone's off or if the team is off, they're always going to be able to manufacture some offense somehow. And that's by getting good defensive stops. I mean, yep. The Mystics were getting out in the break in the first half. You didn't see much of that in the second half. They were not getting the stop. So I think it all comes down to defense and yep. their ability to apply pressure, to turn uh, teams over. And Washington, quite frankly, in that second half, they were not knocking in shots. Exactly. And, and they were good shots, Tebow said after the game um, on Tuesday night. He said, you know, uh, uh, Kareem Copeland from the Washington Post asked him, did you like the shots you were getting? Were they just not falling in? He said, I like some of them, mm-hmm. but not all of them. So maybe some of those offensive opportunities weren't the best um, for what they were looking for. But, you know, in that first half, those shots were going in the basket and they were getting high percentage shots. And Tina Charles, oh, my gosh, had 17 in the second quarter alone and ended up with her ninth 30 point game yeah. of the season. I mean, she's just phenomenal, but she needs help. And, and it, it can't just be all about what Tina Charles is going to do for this team. Yeah. And um, well, the, I, I just thought Aces, that they really took them. 
The aces, I thought, just took advantage of that fact. You can't, you can't come, you can't play. You have to play championship basketball for all forty minutes, yeah. or else you're going to lose. That's that's the beauty of this team. This team yeah. is just too. You're not going to beat them unless you're playing extremely well. Um, and and that's just been their whole thing this season. I think they they've really um, flipped that switch well. I am concerned that there's going to be some point where they try to go to flip that switch and it's not there. And we've we've talked uh-huh. about that that yeah. it can happen. The thing okay. that I think is a little different with this team, because that's happened to the Aces in the past, is they mm-hmm. have a lot of versatility. They have a lot of of players that you know they're they're not afraid to say one game we're going to end the game with. Derek Hamby on the floor. Another game, we're going to end the game with Kelsey Plum on the floor. If we have to right. switch things around to play whoever's hot, we're going to do that. I think Bill yeah. Beer is in a great job of being versatile despite sticking to their core identity on this team. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that was a big criticism of Lambeer. And I think he's, I'm not sure he's changed anything, but he's certainly experimenting a lot more with these different lineups. And I'm excited to see Kelsey Plum playing some yeah. big games because we, I mean, you saw her in the three on three. We've seen her throughout her career yeah. do this sort of thing, but she looks like uh, she's on a different level right now than she's been with Las Vegas in the past. I feel like she's got a lot of confidence from that three on three and oh, just yeah. having, and she's coming off the bench for this team. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. you know, you have, you have a, you have a, a plethora of choices and versatility yeah. on this team. And that's what I think separates them a little bit from previous iterations of the aces just adding chelsea gray and giving yourself those options to do anything yeah has been huge so chrissy here's yeah. my question mm-hmm. so uh i do need to say something first so here are the tiers that i have these these teams in uh so i have the las vegas aces the connecticut sun the south storm in a tier one by themselves i have minnesota in a tier by itself because they're a little bit above the what i call the third tier in their own second tier so Minnesota is by itself. Then we have Phoenix, Chicago, New York, and Dallas as tier three. Those teams are battling for playoff positioning in a playoff spot. Washington and Los Angeles are tier four. And then we have Atlanta and Indiana at tier five. Don't get mad at me for these tiers. They're literally just for like my own visualization on this chart. So here's the Aces remaining schedule. They have two games against the top teams. They have five games against that middle group. They have two games against the bottom group. So Mm -hmm. it's not an unfavorable schedule, but they're going to be playing teams with a lot on the line for the rest of the season. Um, But to me, I mean, I, you know, I see this team getting the one seed. I see them, you know, getting that double buy and I see them performing in the playoffs and then we'll see what happens when they get to a finals matchup against against someone. We don't know yet. But I think, I, to me, I see them top seed, finishing season top seed, and they would be my favorite to make it to the finals. What do you see them, well, Christy? Yeah, I mean, this is the team uh, before the season started who I chose to win the whole thing. Um, Las Vegas is is very clean in terms of, of what they see for themselves and envision mm-hmm. for themselves. I saw the halftime interview with uh, Asia Wilson and, and Chelsea Gray, and they were talking about their Olympic run. And, you know, Chelsea Gray said, this isn't the only medal we want yeah. this year. So I think they're very determined. And when I say clean, I mean, they're very direct and clean with their expectations um, on this season. And like you said, I, I think they just have 
you know, the confidence in that switch that we spoke about, but I also think they understand that they can get offense from different places. Like Raquana Williams, I thought in that first half really held them in the game, even though they were down 49, 41 at halftime against Washington, they made that nine Oh run to start the third quarter and, and change the momentum. And, you know, Kelsey Plum, again, a big part of that in the second half against Washington, but I just think they have the confidence in one another mm-hmm. to know that they are on a mission. Um, and you can tell, you can just tell. And, you know, we've seen Bill Embiid do it as a coach, you know, uh, in Detroit. We've seen him go from worst to first, like when he had the team in Detroit. So it, it's like you just have to appreciate um, what they are trying to do. And if they can stay healthy, I just think that their experience level is going to be a difference maker as the season progresses, for sure. So top seed? I say top seed for sure. Yep. Top seed for sure. Um, but let's get to the, let's get to the other team that, and you know, the other team that has a claim to the top spot in Christy Winter Scott's mind, uh, <laughs> the Connecticut sun, uh, yeah. they're second in the rankings, as I mentioned, uh, 16 and six tied with Seattle storm there. Their net rating is 9.5. By the way, net rating is your margin per 100 possessions. So it just kind of filters out some of the noise from game to game stats, um, mm-hmm. to make it by a per possession stat. So if you don't know what net rating is, and if you don't know what any like any stat that we stay on the show, just tweet at us. And I, we yeah, because I listen to podcasts all the time. Like I have no idea what they're talking about. I have to pause. Oh it. no! So <laughs> net rating, uh, nine point five for Connecticut, second best in the WNBA. Offensive rating, a hundred point two four, fourth best in the WNBA, and their defense is a devastating ninety two point two points per 100 possessions, giving up uh, 92.2 points per 100 possessions. Best in the WNBA, they're 4-1 in their last five games. They've lost, they've won both their games since coming back from the break. Um, Connecticut's rolling. I just don't, this team is, as I mentioned, absolutely devastating on defense. My question is, where is this, where is the other offense coming from? Because obviously right. we have John Cole Jones, we have Dewana Bonner. Those two, they're going to get their buckets. Uh, Dewana some nights more efficiently than others. She was extremely efficient against Minnesota, and that's really what broke the links back in that game mm-hmm. on uh, last night. So my question is, who needs to step up on the offensive end for this team to reach the heights that they want to reach to get back to the finals like they were in 2019? Uh, and they were a game away from that last year. But who else needs to step up in the playoffs offensively to take them there? Well, I like that Brianna Jones is playing her yeah. best basketball of her career. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that she is For a sure. stabilizing force inside, and a big reason why they're one. Of, well, they are the top team defensively in terms of their efficient numbers there. But Jasmine Thomas, to me, is the one who needs to remain offensively consistent for Connecticut. I think with Connecticut's ability to snap Minnesota's impressive eight-game win streak uh, last night, I I think she was a big reason why they were able to do that. Um, And it wasn't just that she had 19 points. It was that when she scored in the game, it it was definitely critical for Connecticut to get a bucket on that particular possession. So I just think for me, those two, need to be consistent Mm -hmm. with their offensive production for Connecticut. 
to go a long way. And, you know, we always say defense wins games, right? And for this team to be the most efficient defensive team in the league, I think that speaks volumes. And that can carry you a long way. If you can put the clamps on teams and and make the shots, okay? But if you can put the clamps on teams and keep them below their season average, I mean, you're already giving yourself um, quite a chance to make some moves and strides. That's why I'm side-eyeing them this week. And I know there's only been minimal games played, but, you know, that's why I picked them first for this week because I just feel that they're a dangerous team. When they have all things clicking, that's a tough team to beat. They have size, they have speed, and they defend. So, like you said, the, the common denominator for them will be consistent offensive production. Mm-hmm. And they're getting it pretty much everywhere else, but Jasmine Thomas and Brianna Jones need to yeah. be bringing it every single night. Like there they can't the be DMV. any wavering in that. No wavering in that. No. They need them DMV, the DMV girls to step <laughs> yeah. up there with, right. with those two. No, and the, and the thing, so I, I think I trust, I don't know, Jasmine Thomas, she does kind of wax and wane a bit. Her shot comes and goes and, I think in the playoffs, that's always what I'm looking for. Is Jasmine Thomas being efficient? I don't need her to score a lot. I just right. need her to be efficient. That's what you're saying. Like they, And yes. really, and, and another thing you said that I thought was big was they need to make shots. I know that seems like a very simple concept to that a lot of true. people. And, yeah. and, and it, it is. It is. But when you're playing at the – they're the slowest team in the WNBA, 76 mm-hmm. point, uh, 77.6 possessions per 100 uh, – per game. So their pace mm-hmm. is the worst in the league. You know who has the best pace in the league? Las the Vegas. Well, they. Oh, I thought it was the Mystics. It was no, the Mystics in the first half, though, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it, the, okay. the Mystics are Las Vegas. Well, the last couple of games, yeah. The, so Las Vegas, and they they have been one of the best uh, pace teams in the mm-hmm. WNBA for years. That's the team you're playing against, right? Like if we're if we're if we're mocking out of finals right now, you right. got to figure out a way to make shots against Vegas and keep them in check from not going in transition. Cause that's something you don't want to get in. You don't want to get into that game. So it's going to be about efficient shot making. You can win yeah. the game 70 to, to 60, right? You can win a right. game 70 to 66 or something, but you can't, you're, you're probably not going to win the game. If the, the winning score is 90 points, that's not right. how Connecticut wins the game. Um, and, you know, we've seen them. Connecticut is one of these teams that in the past, I've seen them get blown out. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they, they have these blowout games where they, you know, the commissioner's cup, um, where they, they got, you know, run off the, the floor against Seattle. They did against in 2019, same thing happened against Washington and they figure it out, but you, it, that happens because you have a structural flaw and that's your pace. So you got to figure out a way to make, be efficient enough. So that doesn't come into play. Um, mm-hmm. we'll see. I'm, I'm, this team has so much experience and yeah, I think versatility to a certain extent, and they have, to me, the person who's playing the best basketball in the world right now, John Cole Jones. Yes. Um, I'm going to give you their their uh, their breakdown of the schedule, and then I want you to tell me where you think they're going to end up. Because this is okay. big. Now we're talking about two or three. So this is a okay. big deal. This is double buy versus single buy. So yeah. the Sun have two games against the top four teams in the WNBA, three games against the middle four teams in the WNBA. They play Washington and Los Angeles four times uh, total. And then they have one game against the bottom of the league. So it's, I think 
their schedule is it's favorable depending on how Washington and Los Angeles look because those are two teams that, you know, for various reasons, we don't really know what they look like yet. Um, but I think it's a pretty favorable schedule. So I'm, I think they're going to be able to snag that second seed over Seattle. But what do you think? Man, I, I think if, if they continue, like, and that's, it's a tough question because it's, it's all based upon number one health, like every question is going to be based upon that. Right. But I also think it's, it's based upon consistency and efficient offense. Um, I think, you know, that Connecticut is going to bring it on the defensive side. I'm going to go ahead and give them the edge. And I know Seattle beat them. So don't tweet at me and say, <laughs> hey, Seattle blew the doors off in the Commissioner's Cup. Yeah. I get it. I understand. However, I just think if they can be at their best when it's time to be at their best, that's going to be a tough train to stop. In the absence of the A train, Alyssa Thomas, like they don't even have her on the floor. I think that they have enough at their best to be a two seed. There, I said it. And you yep. can tweet at me if you want to. I can just block you and not say anything. <laughs> no, I think I think they have um, they have less reason to rest people, and we'll talk about that in a second right. with Seattle. I just think you know this team has proven remarkably healthy. Dewana Bonner, uh, at the risk of, I'm knocking on wood she doesn't tend to get hurt. doesn't get hurt very often. I think of those John Paul Jones, like these players, they, they have, they have found a way to play that is not um, that detrimental to their body. So I, I think they have a little bit less reason to rest and more reason to take each of these games seriously, especially because they really want to, they, uh, they want to get that double buy. They have not been right. in that situation. So they want to get it. And I think they'll, I think they will is my, is my personal prediction because the Seattle storm have uh, taken this time to rest Sue Bird and Bri- uh, Brianna mm-hmm. Stewart. Brianna Stewart just had a child in early I August, know. which is adorable and I fantastic for her. And she should feel free to take as much time as she needs to, to hang out because right. this is a special moment that she didn't really, really get is. to enjoy um, as much because she had to go right to the Olympics. Uh, and Sue Bird's resting because Sue Bird's 40. Um, no offense to 40 year olds, but. If you're 40 and you listen to this, you probably also need rest. Take take a break. Um, it's so true. those those two players are resting. This team is obviously still very good. 16 and six, mm-hmm. um, just a half game behind Las Vegas for the top spot in the WNBA. Their net right. rating is 8.0, third best in the WNBA. Offensive rating 104.7, second best in the WNBA. Defensive rating 95.2, which is the fourth best in WNBA. Mm-hmm. They're three and two in their last five games. They've only played one game since the break lost in overtime to Chicago. Um, really valiant, like courageous effort from Jewel Lloyd, who is, yeah. I love Jewel Lloyd. Um, yeah. And she, she should, you know, I would take a break for her when the, the other two <laughs> get back, whenever that is. Um, so Seattle though, I, I don't, Obviously, this team is very different from past years, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just a little concerned about the depth on this team. I'm not sure how much I believe in it. Um, And I don't know if I'm being – if I'm trying to find problems, right? Because you have have Super, Brandon Stewart, and Jewel Lloyd. Like, that's probably enough. But Mm -hmm. how concerned are you about this team's depth in terms of players you can trust in the playoffs? Well, I think – 
you know, when you have players who know how to win, who have won over and over again, Mm -hmm. you know, two of the last championships, two of the last three championships in the WNBA have gone to Seattle. So I just think when you have that level of confidence from winning Mm -hmm. and knowing what it takes, I think that, you know, yes, you will need the depth, but I also think that's such a huge factor in winning is the mindset and the ability to understand that you know what it takes Mm -hmm. and their offensive efficiency. I mean, they're second, like you said, in offensive rating, Mm -hmm. they can flat out score the ball, put the ball in the basket. Like, I mean, it's basic, like you said earlier too, but that team, they know where their spots are on the floor. And Sue Bird knows where her teammates' spots are on the floor. Mm -hmm. Like they, they are just really, um, at a strong level of understanding of, of themselves and who they are. And I, I just think that they, I think they have enough. I think they have enough um, depth. I think, you know, with Ezzy Magbagor, I, I just think I love her game and mm-hmm. the upside of it. Um, she's so young, but she is just so gritty and she knows how to get the job done. I, I just think they, they have enough depth, but, you know, health again, will be yeah. a situation for all teams. But I just think that the mental makeup of having won before and the experience of Sue Bird running the show, I, it's hard to count them out. I will put it yeah. that way. And, and oh. I don't care if they go, look, I don't care if they go six deep. <laughs> I think I think their mental metal carries carries a little more weight than depth does if that makes sense sure no i agree and i my concern is i think if it, if i was sure it was six deep i probably wouldn't be asking this question because <laughs> obviously we have three obviously we have three deep bird lloyd right, stewart right right i'm gonna throw russell in there someone i trust in the playoffs i've like seen russell. her do it yeah, I like yeah. jordan canada I have a bit more reservations about just because she she can't she doesn't shoot. So it's not her that's not her game. That's not what she does. Um she gets to the rim though. She gets to the rim. But you know, I, I'm I'm a little iffy on her, but if we want to count her, that's fine. So we have five players that we distinctly trust. Who else mm-hmm. on this list is it? Is it Katie Lou Samuelson? I haven't seen Katie Lou Samuelson in a big game since she was in college. Uh Epiphany Prince. I mean, she's a bucket getter. We we know she's a bucket getter. She's been in this yeah. league for a long time, but she, she's getting up there. Um, so you know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not sure. I, I haven't seen her do it recently, right? So that scares me a little bit. Stephanie Talbot, Kennedy Burke, Ezzy Mabagor. You know, probably Ezzy is Ezzy is you know, the, what is she twenty now? Is she? Even I think 20? she just turned twenty. Yeah, she she just turned twenty. That's that's all. That's a lot to put on a twenty year old in terms of I need you to be this player that I can trust for thirty minutes in a playoff game. So that's that's my only issue. I think I think you're right in the end, right? Like mm-hmm. when you have those three players that have been there and done it so much and really play in a way that empowers yeah. their teammates. Yeah. Probably have enough. But if Seattle does not make it to the finals or win the finals, I think that'll be a question that comes up for this organization is what are we doing down mm-hmm. the line here? Like what right. are what are we really what do we really have behind these players and how do we retool it? 
And maybe it's as simple as, as he grows, Katie Lou Samuelson grows. I wish we got uh-huh. to see Katie Lou Samuelson three on three because Lord knows what happens with that confidence. Um, True. But that's, you know, it's Seattle, though, like you said, it's uh, it's Seattle. So they, yeah. they'll probably, based on history, they'll probably be there at the end. Um, and the, the, conf- the, the, the confirmation for me was the Commissioner's Cup because yeah. I had written Connecticut in because mm-hmm. – I thought that those three, <laughs> Bird, Stewie, and Jewel Lloyd, were just coming back from Tokyo. They have not had the continuity with the team for more than 48 hours. I'm like, they're they're going to be out of rhythm. Mm-hmm. And they came out there and blew the doors off. So, I mean, that's why we prognosticate, right? This is what yeah. we think and whatever, but... I mean, my answer is kind of predicated on that performance too. Like just yeah. when you think, well, maybe they're tired. Like, you know, I don't know. Like if they're, they're going to have that chemistry. Well, that bag was on the line. I tell you what, I just love. 30K. One, two, three, 30K. One, two, three, 30K. I just love uh, how Sue Bird, when she was asked how heavy the, the trophy was, she was like, not heavier than that bag of money (laughs) (laughs) that was perfect but i just you know they just find a way they jump the ball up and then all of a sudden they're they're in this attack mode they're in this win mode and you can't equate that to anything else no yeah and i I, as we saw that you know it it is clear that they do always have like like las vegas they have the all all three of these teams at the top that's what separates that really is they have a switch they can just flip it on off nights. Most of the time they can just hit that switch and then boom, they're right back to being these world beating teams. Um, Let's, I'm going to tell you Seattle's schedule. So they have one game against the top teams. They have six games against the middle four teams, Phoenix, Chicago, New York, Dallas. And then they have three games against Washington and Los Angeles, which could be good or bad, depending on how these teams come back from injury. As I mentioned, um, to me, this is a pretty mediocre schedule. Um, I think they'll, I think they'll settle into that three C because I'm not sure they really care about the double buy. Um, I think they'll, they'll take some time to rest. I think when Stewie and Super get back, they may take that chance to rest. You know, um, Jewel Lloyd and to a lesser extent, Epiphany Prince because she, mm-hmm. you know, she's playing. Th- she played 37 minutes the other night. E. How old is Epiphany? Oh man. Born in '88, so she's 33. Um, yeah, good for her. Getting getting those minutes back. Um, yeah. But uh, so I, I'm guessing they're going to rest. So my my prediction for them is a three seat. What about you? I agree. I think they're going to just slide right in there and you know do what they've always done in postseason, and that's make the long, <laughs> steady stride. Um, and deep into the playoffs, they will go. I, I just think they have to be. I mean, that's just that's just what what they do, and that's who no. they are. So yeah, I, I say a three seed for sure. Yeah, no, I I think so too. So we have those top three teams as the top tier that I have um, personally as those three teams. I think it's pretty. It, it's that that those three are your ironclad list of championship true championship contenders. They don't need any upsets to make it. If they make it, there, there was no upsets involved. They just made it. Right. Now, that does mean that one of these teams is going to have to play the other in the semifinals, which is always great. 
And I think we've been in the situation where we've had three really good teams in each of the playoffs. Um, okay, so we're at 33 minutes so far, and we've been through three teams. So Uh-oh. I am going to – let's start <laughs> – let me start enforcing the five-minute counter that we wanted. All we'll right. see how All much right. we stick to that. Um, if sure. not, this you're just gonna you're gonna hang out with us. Do you're doing your dishes, you know? Just hang out, just hang out with us. Um, okay, so we're moving on to the Minnesota Lynx. They are 13 and eight. They're in the fourth spot in the standings. Their net rating is 3.6, which is fifth best in the WNBA. Their offensive rating is 99.7, which is sixth, and their defensive rating is 96.1, which is fifth. Very even uh-huh. team that has gone, you know, kind of through a transformation, really. Uh, yeah. In the in their last few games, they are two and three in their last five because they, um, but that you know this team has really shot up uh, the the rankings here for Minnesota as I start the timer. Is it what is this team a championship team? Like I I'm I'm a little I don't really know how to categorize them because. I believe in their talent. Obviously, you know, you have Sylvia Fowles and Sylvia Fowles is going to get you to a, a certain floor. You know, she's going to get you to a playoff team that can contend. Um, but, you know, it is, it, it's just a weird mixture right now because there's no aerial powers. Um, the kind of team that we thought they were going to be in the beginning of the season isn't there, but they brought in Leisha Clarendon and they have made a major impact on this team and changed the way they play basketball. So for Minnesota, yeah. what are you looking for going down for the rest of the season? Continuity. Uh, I just think that, that what you said, I mean, they're, they made a huge run uh, right before the Olympic break. And, you know, people were turning their heads like, wow, you know, the links are really making strides and moves. And you have to credit Cheryl Reeve for, you know, she was coaching in Tokyo too. So that took a lot of her um, time and attention away from the team over the break. But, you know, I just think that, I mean, not that she was totally removed, so don't get me wrong on that, but I mean, you're playing for a gold medal and you're helping Dawn Staley, you know, as a part of her staff in that. So I just think the way they were playing prior to the break was most impressive. And I think that when you have a team um, like Connecticut, we were talking about how their defensive prowess is top notch in in the league and in terms of their efficiency on that side of the ball. I mean, they only scored 60 points against Connecticut last night. So Mm -hmm. I just think, you know, they just need to be consistent on the offensive end, they did not shoot the ball well. Um, again, credit um, credit Connecticut there with that. And they shot 41%. But, I mean, Sylvia Fowles obviously shooting 7 of 10. Like you were saying, they have her as mm-hmm. the anchor on the interior. I think she can make a big difference um, for them. But in terms of the mix of players, um, Powers is on her way back to the court. Um, she's cast free on her right wrist, a thumb area where she had that uh, ligament surgically mm-hmm. repaired. I just think if she can make her way back to the court, I mean, that's that remains to be seen what that looks like. But I just think when you put competitors together, I mean, on paper, you don't have to look at it and say, well, I don't know the, the style of each player, if they fit. If that part of the game fits, then the rest of it is insignificant. Yeah. Um, I just think they just have to 
you know, come together at the right time, as all teams do. But I think for Minnesota in particular, we saw them come together at the end of that first half before the Olympic break. Saw them come together. I just think that's that's going to be what they're going to continue to do here down the stretch and make a strong mm-hmm. run, make a strong run to postseason and playoffs yeah. and through the playoffs. Yeah. Also, I had it wrong. Obviously, they're four and one in their last five games because they had a seven game winning streak coming into the break and they lost their their last game against Connecticut. But I thought that mm-hmm. game was interesting and instructive because, you know, some I, I, don't, I don't remember who said this on the broadcast. But someone said these are the two hardest put, uh, playing teams in the WNBA. And I totally agree with that. Um, and I know it sounds like a cliche, that, but they do playing hard. There's a difference between everyone plays hard in WNBA. These two teams, right. just they, they have a lot more activity. They're a lot more active, especially on defense. Um, I really appreciate that. I think that's a, that's what has driven them through the last eight games, really. But mm-hmm. what I found interesting was that Nafisa Collier had a tough night. I think she only she had did. like six. She only had six points. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, she had six points, three, seven shooting. And in the post game, Cheryl Reeve called her out by name. She said, one of our best players was complete no show tonight. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I think on a lot of teams and a lot of organizations, that could be a sign of trouble. I think on Minnesota, that's a sign of, of success. I think she, I think Cheryl Reeve knows how to push those buttons for Nafisa Collier to get her going into this playoff run. And I hope it works because, you know, as great as all these players are, as great as Kaylin Friday is, as great as Alicia Kellerandon is, you know, Demir Stanta, Sylvia Faust, to me, this team still goes with Nafisa Collier. She mm-hmm. needs to be the superstar that we know she she can be every night. That consistency has to be there every night. Um, and if it's yeah. not, then I think this team could run into struggles, but I'm hopeful that I can get going as we run. I have our five minutes on the Minnesota Lynx. That still gives us time, though, to talk about their schedule. Uh, so okay. they have three games against the top uh, the top teams in WNBA, two games against the middle four teams, three games against Washington and Los Angeles, and then three games against Atlanta and Indiana. Um, to me, they have a pretty good schedule with those Atlanta-Indiana games, and depending how the Mystics, when they run into the Mystics or the Sparks, those are all pretty favorable matchups. Um, so I think they'll maintain their spot. Uh, I don't see them hopping over Seattle or Connecticut or Los Angeles. I mean, Las Vegas, but I don't see them falling behind these other teams. Cause I just don't, yeah. I think they're better. I think, I think they're just better. I think I trust their talent more. I trust their coaching more than I trust the other teams. No shade to them. Minnesota has one of the best coaches of all time in basketball history yeah. and one of the best centers of all time in basketball history. So I, I trust them. I think they'll end up with that, um, that first round by at the four seed. Yeah, I agree. I, I just think, you know, in that game, when she said, you know, one of our best players, you know, had a, a tough night shooting, but only three players from Minnesota shot over 50% from mm-hmm. the floor. And thank goodness for Sylvia Fowles, which is why they shot 42% mm-hmm. for the game because she shot 70%. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to be a collective effort and everyone's got to be clicking at the same time for them to be successful. And they have to obviously put up more than 60 points for a game um, that that's gotta be something where they come together and they just have to knock in their shots. I mean, it, again, it comes down to uh, simplistic math, <laughs> no. put the ball in the basket. Um, but I, I definitely think they're a lock for number four. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident in them too. 
Um, we'll see how, how those four teams shake out because I think those are the top four teams in everyone's power rankings. But it'll be interesting to see what happens um, in terms of, of who shakes out, who really wants those double buys. Um, and, and, you know, obviously we're saying what we're saying now may not come to pass. Uh, let's get into the meat here, the meat of, of the WNBA and the teams that are fighting for a playoff spot. Um, and I just, so I did a very brief survey of, of WNBA history over the past five years. And it seems like you're going to need to win about 44% of your games to make it to the playoffs. Uh, the Mystics got in with about 40% last year and the number has gone up to like 47% in 2016, but about the average is about 44%. So you're going to need to win probably around 14 games. Doesn't mean a team that wins 13 games can't get in. It doesn't mean a team that wins 15 games is definitely going to get in. But it's just that should be your your benchmark if you're looking at this from a standings perspective. You get 14 wins. All of these teams are below 14 wins. So we'll start with the Mercury, who are in fifth place at 11 and 10. They're half game ahead of the Chicago Sky, two games back of the Minnesota Lynx. Their net rating is negative 0.8, which is seventh best in the WNBA. Their offensive rating is 99.5 which is seventh best in the WNBA. Their defensive rating is 100.3, which is eighth best in the WNBA. Obviously, their numbers uh, seem are lower than where, they're, where they are in the standings, um, which is tends to mean there's going to be some regression for the rest of the way when you're looking at these teams. That those, that's what those rankings, in my mind, mean. Um, but they do also have Diana Taurasi back. They're 4-1 in their past five games. They are the team to me that has the most variability in this entire list. Phoenix can go up or Phoenix can go down very easily for me because they have all the talent in the world, especially if Skylar Diggins-Smith is healthy and we're hoping that she's healthy. But Skylar, Brittany Griner, Diane Taurasi, right? Like that's a big three to be a big three. They have a lot of talent, but they have also had struggles with injuries, with it's not being, you know, in sync. They, they haven't really had that chance to get in sync. So with right. Phoenix, do you, do you think they go up or do you think they go down here in the last few games of the season? I hate that Skylar Diggins-Smith went down with that ankle injury mm-hmm. in the first quarter, of right ankle. She didn't come back in that game, but I love the fact that Brianna Turner had a double-double. So it, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword there um, with with factoring in where they're going to get their uh, their production from uh, on the offensive end. I mean, clearly having a healthy Diana Taurasi is never going to be a bad thing. And for her to combine with Griner for 47 points against the Fever, and they had to grind that game out. I mean, the Fever... Uh, we'll get to them, but I mean, they gave them a game and a half. Like they gave everything uh, to to the cause of winning, um, but fell short by four. But with with what you said in terms of their balance and can they sustain uh, a level of efficient production moving forward? I think they can get better with it. I just think they can get better with it. I think yes, they won the game, but sometimes it's it's not like who you're playing, it's how you're playing. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that that they struggled in stretches against Indiana. I think Indiana really applied some toughness and some grit on the defensive end and forced them into doing things that they didn't want to do and, and some counter actions that they really didn't want to go to 
And um, but they they ended up winning. Phoenix did. But I think I think what you're asking is, can this team maybe ease up into the top four? And I wouldn't question that. I would not be surprised if that were the case. I, I think obviously Skylar Diggins Smith needs to be healthy. I don't know how severe her right ankle injury was, no. but hopefully not too bad. I hope it won't keep her out for too many games to lose that kind of continuity and, and rhythm and chemistry with the team. But I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if they improved and catapulted themselves into the top four. Hmm. See, I wouldn't be surprised if they start losing a bunch of games and actually end up in a fight for a playoff spot, to be honest. Um, because of Skyler's injury? Yeah. Well, any injury. Okay. That, that's the thing with this team. Um, and, you know, I talked about the depth with Seattle, but their players have been, you know, remarkably healthy. You know, outside of right. the Achilles for Brianna Stewart, like they're, they, most of their players don't miss even like that many games in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Phoenix, it, it's kind of been the opposite. Like, you know, last year, Brittany Griner left the bubble um, and she looks great this year. Uh, Diane Frosty has been hurt the last few years and she gets nicked up and it's like, okay, let's say Skylar Diggins Smith miss, misses, you know, a game or two. Let's say Diane Frosty misses a game or two. Mm-hmm. Can Phoenix win those games where those te- where those players don't play. And if mm. those injuries last three or four games, we only have, they only have 11 games left. So to me, yeah. that that's the problem with Phoenix is like, I'm, I'm just not as confident in their health. And if I was, I would be, I would be higher on them moving up, but it, because their health is questionable to me. And we still haven't seen Bria Hartley. If Bria Hartley comes back, this team is completely different. She, if she can come back and play at a high level, this team, I look at it very differently. But yeah. the fact that, you know, if, if let's say Skylar Diggins-Smith is hurt, I love Shea Petty. Shea Petty was the very first WNBA player I ever interviewed. I don't want her starting in no. the playoffs. I love her. I really do. Like a sincere, mm-hmm. and she can do a lot. And I would love to have her as my, as my backup point guard in the playoffs. But I don't want her to have to start heading into these big playoff games that are going to decide where we are in our standings or even if we make the playoffs. So that, right. that to me is scary. Is very scary for Phoenix. I would... I would probably bet on the other side of, of them moving down the rank. Cause I still think they'll make the playoffs cause they're just, they got, they got enough going on to, to get there, but I don't know. They may be on the road to start the playoffs potentially uh, here. I'll give you their schedule so we can make a, a more educated guess here as the time okay. goes off. Yeah. Um, so their schedule is, they have three games against the top team, top four teams in WNBA, three games against the middle four teams in WNBA, uh, one game against Washington or Los Angeles, and four games against Atlanta and Indiana. They're going to need all four of those games. I'm just going to say that right now. They're going to need all yeah. four of those games. If they can get all four of those games, then I think then they're, they're clearly in. They'll have 15 wins. They'll be in, uh, in, in a good position. But, right. you know, that that it, it's, it, it is a little scary to me. What do you think of – Give me, give me a prediction. Do they end up at six or higher, uh, higher or lower? I mean, they're I at five they can, now. Excuse me, they're at five. Five, yeah. I, I think they can end up at five. I think they can stay right there. I know, you know, Skylar Diggins-Smith, I mean, that's 19 a game. I mean, 19 points per game for her. That's missing a lot. Um, Tarasi did have seven assists against Indiana last night. So, I mean, yes, she's a bucket getter, but she can also – 
you know, past those no lookers. We saw that too. Uh, she has skills. Let's not sleep on her playmaking abilities mm-hmm. as well as uh, her ability to knock in shots. So I don't know. I, I don't think they, they free fall, okay. but I, I think they can stay right there. I think they can have other players step up um, in the absence of Diggin Smith. If she misses a, a handful of games there, I think they have enough, um, competitive metal to, to get the job done and get them uh, to at least maintain where they are. If not move up, I, I, I don't know. I think sometimes that inspires you to, to dig a little deeper. Yep. So I kind of, I kind of tend to lean that way more so than the ah, Skylar's out. I, I don't have it today. Like, I don't I yeah. just think, they, Fair I, enough. I think they, they're, they can get it done. Yeah. Or, or the, better. Five or better for them. Okay. Five or better. I'm going, I'm yeah. going uh, six or six or worse um, for them. Okay. Although I do love Brianna Turner. At some point, we're going to have a I love her long. game. Love, She's a difference her. maker and no one talks about her enough. I, I mean, hey, she I, is put her, I put her in my, in my Olympic article as someone to consider because I think she'd you actually sure be did. perfect for that. I, I, I do too. 10 points, 11 boards against Indiana. I mean, she's a toughie. And she, no, she just does what she needs to do. The, the perimeter defense is fantastic for her. Yeah. Um, let's move on to a team whose perimeter defense is actually really good, despite what we thought at the beginning of the year. Chicago, the Sky, are in sixth place. They are 11 and 11. Uh, they are a half game back of Phoenix. They are a full game ahead of New York in the standings. Their net rating is a 4.0, which is the fourth best in the WNBA. So if they regress to their mean, they'll be a little bit higher. Uh, Unfortunately, their offense is at a 97.1 offensive rating, which is tied for eighth in the WNBA. Defense, though, 93.2, which is the second uh, best defensive rating in WNBA. Actually, mm-hmm. our friend Richard Cohen uh, had, a, had a neat little stat that they're, they just basically flip-flopped from last year. Last year, their okay. offensive rating is, was about where their defensive uh, rating was in terms of the ranking, <laughs> and then their defensive rating flip-flopped, uh, which is interesting, especially when you consider their changes. It, kinda, it makes sense, right? They brought in Candace Parker, former Defensive Player of the Year. There you go. The defense gets better. But I didn't think their offense was going to get worse, uh, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. a lot of this has to do with injuries um yeah candace uh has had her has had ankle problems this year she got hurt last night um looked like she just kind of stepped on someone and it got twisted yeah. so i'm hopeful that she can she can stay healthy because obviously it's a joy yeah. to watch her play and this team needs her mm-hmm. the thing is i just i can't figure out what the problem is with this team and because there is something because when you watch them it's like they're just fun and they're yeah. Great to watch, but they just are missing a little, a little something, and I can't quite put my finger on it because Sloot's playing great. Um, you know, nine point three assists per game. Quigley's yeah. been back and playing amazing basketball. Mm-hmm. Kalia, Kalia Carper has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have, and and we're wait. I guess Diamond the Shields. Is, you know, she's been up and down. Maybe that's it. Yeah, but they. Is, have you sensed that too? Have you sensed that there's a little something uh, off with this team? I just think it, it's, you know, it's the the push and pull of injuries. I, I just think that, you know, at the beginning of the season, 
you know, they all played together and then they were all out <laughs> with injuries. Yeah. I mean, Quigley and Parker were out for a long stretch of time. And then, you know, you had Steph Dolson who was in and out because of the three V three competition and the gold medalist. And I love the the three X three gold that she won, but there was some push pull and the, and the lack of rhythm that they had with each other. And when you add a player like a Candace Parker to the mix, I mean, it changes your dynamic. And I'm not saying that in a, in a, in a no. detrimental manner. Okay. But then, okay. She's out for some time. You're trying to get used to her. She's in the training mm-hmm. camp, boom, 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 plays in that first game and then out for a stretch. And then you saw them trying to gain some traction right before the Olympic break with the chemistry. Right. So I think it's, I don't think it's like the pieces that we're trying to stick together in this Chicago puzzle. I think it's more, they need time to play together. Right. And they haven't had the opportunity to do that because of all these X factors, you know, Mm -hmm. with the injuries, with the in and out with the three V three. And I just think, you know, for Quigley right now to be playing amazingly, like you said, I mean, she had 27 points in 26 minutes last night against Dallas. But, you know, obviously with Parker not coming back, Kalia Copper also went out with an ankle injury, but she came back. Parker uh, had that ankle injury and did not return. So it's it's that kind of thing. It's like a microcosm of, of their entire season it is the push-pull of, of the injuries and players in and out of the lineup. Yeah. No, and, I, I just, and maybe that's it. Maybe they just haven't had the continuity, um, but they're going to need to find it in a hurry. Uh, this is, there's not, again, like I've said, like we said for all these teams, there ain't that much more season left. Uh, and they have, in my opinion, the hardest schedule remaining. They have six games against those top four teams that are all playing for something. They have, they have a game against the, the, the middle tier, which are all going to be playing for something. They, you know, they have one game against the mystics and the sparks and then two games against Indiana and Atlanta. So, you know, you're going to have to scrounge up three, four wins there, maybe, maybe even five Who knows? But yeah. it, the, the other thing that's kind of hanging over the head of this team is what happens next year. The, yeah. All of the Courtney Vanderslew, Allie Quigley, Stephanie Dolson, Kalia Copper, Diamond the Shields, asked to Door Falls, Lexi Brown are all free agents. I just named yeah. most of the team. I was going to say that's the whole group. <laughs> that's the whole team. Oh, man. So it's like they got to get it together because they have a really tough schedule ahead of them. Mm-hmm. They have um, this pall hanging over their heads of what's going to happen next year. Are we all going to be back here next year if we if we underperform? And they have teams breathing down their neck in New York right. and Dallas. So you they, they're going to have to get it together. And if if Candace is hurt, I'm a man knocking on wood. I don't want that. Yeah, I hope it's not bad. That was terrible to watch. For my soul, last night was tough injury wise. Um, Skyler went down. Talk about NECA. NECA came back into the game, but Candace also went down. It it was just really tough last night. But if if Candace even missing like a game or two, that puts you back so far, right? Like that puts that that pushes your whole schedule of getting back into form back. So I don't know. I, to me, I, I think I'm hopeful. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna be hopeful. Take the hopeful view. I think they'll move up a little bit. I think they'll end up in that fifth spot. I think they'll I think they'll go past as the timer goes off. Um, I think they'll move past Phoenix. 
because okay. they do they do have all this talent. Their net rating and their Pythagorean theorem, whatever, says they should right. be better. So I think they're going to be better. But I'm just really I'm really really concerned about the injuries and the chemistry. Yeah, I, I'm just concerned about the health. I, yeah. I think if they can get on the floor together, I mean that's that's going to be a, a crazy group. If they can yeah. come together at the right time, that could be a combustible playoff situation for Chicago. It'd be fun. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah, it'd be really fun. <laughs> Say it the right um, way. Well, Gabe, you know, we tried to put a timer on this first half of teams, <laughs> but we, you know, we love talking about the WNBA so much. We're going to go ahead and split this up into a second half. Next week, we'll cover the other six teams in the WNBA because I know that you and your wife are moving. Yes. So I don't want to, you know, happy wife, happy life. We got to keep that that notion <laughs> going too. And, you know, you have things to do. And we will gladly come back and chop up the second half of all the WNBA action leading to the playoffs right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. Gabe, it's been fun as always. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.